Ben, I think it's fair to say that this is the biggest pod we've ever done. Yeah, this definitely has the most shows and reviews in. So I feel sorry for everyone who's just going to have to hear me talk about an awful lot of things. And your voice, you, you got a bit drunk last night. Glad to know that you are doing the pod sober again this week. Yeah. But I feel like you are still on a hangover. Um, let's just say my throat is killing because I've spent most of the morning and an awful lot of last night with stuff leaving it, but not the way you want it to leave. And if you're listening, You've been mopping I hope... up the floor, haven't you? I've been mopping up my floor. I've been mopping up my toilet. I've had to wash both my the sheets I had on my bed and also my spare sheets because I somehow managed to vomit on them. Um, literally, it was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. Um, well, look, Ben, we're going to try get through this. Uh, listeners, raise yourself. Here we go, episode 19 of the Articulum podcast. Like we said, this is a massive show. We have got reviews from The Undoing, On the Rocks and Borat. uh, Wait, what's that, Ben? On the Rocks and, you know that word that goes between two things to link a sentence? Borat. Ah, That's the word and. It's not like that's the first word you learn. We've got reviews from The Undoing, On the Rocks and the Borat subsequent movie film. Which is amazing. <laughs> so shall we kick things off with The Undoing? Yes. It's a new show on Sky starring Nicole Kidman and everyone's favourite, Uncle Hugh. Uh, it follow, It's about a character called Grace Satchez, played by Kidman herself, who's like living the life she'd want. She's like a successful therapist with his son who attends like a posh private school in New York and her husband's a high-flying doctor or something. Anyway, overnight her life goes badly because there's a violent death of one of the mums, her husband's run away, Grace doesn't know where she is and things start coming out. Uh, You're left with a very public fallout and... Everything just goes wrong, as Grace has to try and protect her child, herself, and her husband. Now, I've only watched the first episode, uh, but it kind of had what I wanted from it. It was a murder mystery. There was suspense, intrigue, ero- it's quite erotic, and uh, you have your classic whodunit. It gives off big little vi- light vibes. Um, Nicole Kidman, I do think she's underrated. She doesn't get the praise that she deserves considering she's one of the greatest actresses ever, and she's once again on top form here. Um, It genuinely works. It's got, like, humanity, humility and kindness and sincerity that kind of works. That's grace. Um, The show is assertive. It makes good decisions. Once again, I haven't seen it all. I probably won't watch it all because it's not the best thing on TV. How come you're not going to watch it all? Uh, Time. I don't have a lot of... I don't really You want, want to be sick. You've got too much to watch. You can't invest your time. I know, and it's good. It's a watch if you can. So I'm not going to jump into everything. No. But you did like it. You did like it. I did like it. And anything with Hugh Grant is a... Still to come on the Articulate Film podcast today. Uh, Borat, subsequent movie film. And... On the rocks, I used and in the correct way then. 
We've also got trailer talk coming up for you as well. But right now, let's get into the news. So Fast and Furious franchise is going to end after three more movies. Ben, I know a lot of people are really sad about this. I saw that on Twitter, but I also saw a lot of people are like, yeah, it's about time. It has gone on a bit. It's done a Star Wars and gone on a bit. No. Okay. The Fast and the Furious franchise. Just disagree with me then. Okay. Okay. Straight up. The Fast and the Furious franchise is great. So much fun. The movies are not like how they started, and I tell you what, I love them all to bits. And, yeah, maybe the franchise probably has run its time, but it's not ending. They've got three movies. We're going to watch lots. They're going to go into space at some point, I bet. <laughs> we also have over at HBO, BO, the news that Jake Gyllenhaal is going to be starring and producing um, an adaptation of Joe Nesbo's book, The Sun, which I haven't read, but my dad has, and he says it's great. A shout out to Marky Mark there. And also, rather more excitingly, uh, Jill and L's collaborator, they've worked on Prisoners together, Dennis Villanelle, uh, is going to direct after he's done is, June 1 and is, 2. That's exciting, that is. Mm-hmm. That, um, that's going to be good, Ben. I bet you are looking forward to that, and I bet your dad is looking forward to that. Yeah, I bet my dad's looking forward to it. Elsewhere in the news this week, Michael B. Jordan uh, producing DC Comics superhero movie Static Shock. Did not expect that. You're the DC fan. Who's the character? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't expect it, though. Who actually is the character? Can you explain a bit about what you're Oh, you were asking me a question. Mm. Shock. Oh, I don't know. So he's not appeared in the Arrowverse yet? No, he hasn't. Okay. That's all I was asking. Otherwise, I would know about it. But I would never thought Michael B. Jordan, a basketball player. No, Michael B. Jordan, the actor. The guy who played Killmonger in Black Panther and the lead in the Creed franchise. Sometimes I think, why have you asked me to do this podcast with you? Sometimes I think that as well. So, Michael, I just got confused with the sports guy, didn't I, that has the shoes? Yeah, there is a basketball player called Michael Jordan. Like, it's a common name. Is it an easy mistake in this situation? No. Easy mistake. But, you know, one's an actor, one's a basketball player. And this podcast is about films. Yeah. But we do normally talk about a lot of other shit. So, that is true. Um... Sorry to any of you lovely listeners who I have offended by getting that wrong. I really should focus some more time into getting names of actors right and also saying the word and. I think that's what we've realised from today's show already. But hey, let's carry on with another review now with uh, Ben reviewing On The Rocks. Yeah, so this is the new Apple TV Plus film. Um, and then you love Apple TV Plus, don't I you? do, but my free subscription ran out on last week, so very Oh sad. man, you've had it three months, yeah? No, full year. Full year? How did you get that? Because I bought a phone on the same day um, the subscription service launched, and they were like, hey, have a free... Amazon basically love giving out free trials i've learned um it follows a young mother played by rashida jones who's trying to connect with her larger than life playboy father uh, who's bill murray in an adventure through new york um now this film 
it has got a lot of praise. It premiered a few festivals. Um, and it's had a lot of hype because it's Sofia Coppola who's reteaming with Bill Murray after their iconic work on Lost in Translation, way back 17 years ago. Um, the film um, has Bill Murray's character leading his daughter around New York on a mission to catch his husband, whom they all think is having an affair. I mean, it's alright. It's a short film. It's about rich people problems and that kind of annoys me. Uh, but what? Short and sweet. Yeah, and the chemistry. And also, you just said you've just said that you don't like rich people problems. Ben, my binge of the week the other week was Made in Chelsea, and you said you liked Made in Chelsea. That is literally this times ten. Yes, but that's actually rich people. This oh, right. is just this like is not... fake rich people. But you know, it works. Bill Murray's charisma carries the film, and there are a few scenes where I did laugh out loud. So yeah. Also. On a different note, on a different note, one of your podcast hosts has their birthday soon. Slash, it might have been this week. I don't know. It wasn't this week, was it? No, it wasn't this week. How did you know it was soon? Because I remembered it's in November. It oh. is in November. Ben, we're still in October. Oh, oh yeah, because I'm going out for Halloween tomorrow night. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, okay, thank you very much for announcing that on air. So relevant to uh, On The Rocks. I Happy birthday say. in whenever it is. On the 11th, it's on the 11th. Okay. I'll be 18 then. Woo. Oh, God. Get hammered It's the one, but... Yeah. Well, let's get hammered in a socially distanced COVID kind of way uh, with your six bubble, or even if it's a bubble that's not a bubble that can be popped kind of. Mm. kind of way do any other countries have bubbles or is that just a uk thing no i think other countries have bubbles do they call them bubbles or is that just us well bubbles is an english word so probably none of them do <laughs> yeah probably probably back to on the rocks ben what are you giving it by the way um it's a watch if you can it's good it's not great but it's good um, I also love that I can tell you're at university just by all the like bashing in the background every now and then you'll just hear some noise. Yeah, um, you can genuinely, it's a noisy place and I've got my window shut if I had it open. It's just constant. Um, I think normally though you are one of the noisiest people in the block, is that right? No, I'm normally quite quiet in comparison, I think. <laughs> in comparison being that the key the key two words there. Uh, ben, should we get into trailer talk? Yes, we shall. Um, yeah, so we had the trailer for George Clooney's Netflix Netflix film, The Midnight Sky, uh, which is set in a post-apologetic... Apocalyptic. Uh, ben, you know what? I'm dyslexic as fuck. Like anyone listening, I am the most dyslexic person. I'm severely dyslexic, and that's not even a joke. I've been diagnosed as severely dyslexic, yet I want to be a broadcaster, and Ben gets me to read things on the spot, and I just can't get my words out. Uh, it's not on the spot. I sent you, you could have read it before. You've had ben, to... I came on about half an hour ago, and you were still typing it and changing the font. No, I finished the thing yes. by like seven. Yes, you were, no, 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 because I came on half an hour ago, and you were changing the font size. Oh. That yes. is true. Yeah, but you could have read it and then hoped. I'm, I'm joking, I'm joking. That's me being told off by oh, my... I'm by sorry, my I, was, I was trying to wind you up, don't worry. Yes, it worked. Congratulations. Listeners, please forgive me. I feel like all I've done is apologise on this podcast. 
Uh, but yes, we have the trailer for George Clooney's Netflix film, The Midnight Sky, which is set in a post-apocalyptic... Nearly got for it, didn't I? You nearly. Nearly. <laughs> nearly did. You know the word what I'm trying to say. Let's just forget the word. Uh, in a, a post-apocalyptic <laughs> world where, George, where Clooney's scientist has to protect an eight-year-old girl and communicate with, his, with the last humans who are on a spaceship, those are Felicity... Uh, Jones, Kyle Chandler, and David Oilo. Ben, I am so sorry I completely balls that up. <laughs> it's all right. Let's move on to the fact we're getting a Saved by the Bell reboot. Who wants it? And you've literally just saved me by the bell, so thank you very much, man. I have saved you by your balls. Um, and it's coming out on the 25th of November on Peacock, the streaming service with the best name. And it has all the gang reunited, including Zach Morris, and um, who's now governor, and he's sending all the state school funding for schools to this one school with all the rich kids. It just looks ridiculous. Not that, that does look pretty bloody exciting, to be honest with you. That looks great. Oh, um, that sounds great. I'm going to watch that. Yeah, I mean, as a naughty kid... Well, because we do go... Well, we, you went to a school and I go to a school, which would make that an entertaining watch. Mm. <laughs> yeah, we are... We are naughty kids, though, so I haven't seen the original Saved by the Bell of you. No, I haven't, as we are naughty kids. Um, ben, you know how you wanted me to... On the last couple of podcasts, you've done the trailer talk purely because, like I said, I'm dyslexic as fuck and I hate reading shit. Um, you told me to do it because you feel like listeners are getting bored of your voice. Do you now want to take that back and we reverse it back to you doing it? No, so you I'll can... just fuck it. You can keep no, trying no, no, to read no, no, it. Because I can't even pronounce this person's name. So you do it, and next week I'll read it more. Cool? I can't I can't pronounce. This next film, for context, is... That's why you want me to do it, because you can't bloody pronounce it either, then. ...is a Bollywood film. So um, I'm sorry to everyone's name I'm about to butcher. Um, anyway, it's called what? The White Tiger, and it's based off Ramin Brahini's um, work, which the novel won the Brooker Prize and was a New York bestseller. Um, about 12 years ago, I haven't read it, I just got these facts off Wikipedia. It follows a driver, played by Ardash Guava, who's trying to break out of servitude and move up in the Italian class system at the expense of his, um, bosses, uh, played by Raja Kumar Rayo and Priyanka Chipora, the person who's yeah, married you did a really to good Nick job Jonas. Names. I think you smashed it. I know, I know. And there although, is a great... Although, as you've um, told me off a couple of times on this podcast, I'm going to tell you off and do a proper teacher phrase right now. You shouldn't get your facts off Wikipedia. Anyone can edit Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, true, true. True, and um, this podcast is available worldwide, so why not? Now on to Borat's subsequent movie film. Came out last Friday. No surprise. I was fan, up at eight watching it. <laughs> big fan. I, I, I am a big Borat fan. Uh, the 2006 Borat is arguably one of my favourite films. Is Borat or Borat? I, feel like I say Borat. I just say Borat and hope for the best. So, yep, I was very excited. I feel excited. like you pronounced it both ways on this podcast, which has made me ask that question. I just, I just go with the However flow. it rolls off the tongue, isn't it? Yeah, however I say it. Anyway, everyone's, or my favourite Kazakhstani television journalist, Borat, has returned to our screens. Um, 
Now, I kind of, lots of people are moaning that certain bits were different. I thought that worked. Um, because there was no way Sash Baron Cohen could do lots of his tricks where he dresses up as Borat because everyone knows who it is. So the fact there was more of a plot and less laughs worked better and the final 30 minutes of the film were insane. I'm sure lots of people have heard about what happened with Rudy Giuliani, whose political career has probably ended now. Um, look, the film's different. It feels different. It's not as funny, but like the original Borat, I watch and I'm laughing the entire time. And Borat 2 is still really funny and really enjoyable and one of the best comedies of the last few years. Um, so yeah, I'm glad it happened this way. Uh, it just, it didn't make, it gave the film some depth. It wasn't shallow or meandering and just like a series of gags strung together. Um, and that, it was repetitive. It was something different. So it's a must watch from me. And hey, can you believe we are 16 minutes into the podcast? It feels like a lot more than that, doesn't it? I, yeah, it does feel like an awful lot more than that. Um, That's how much I've cocked up and how tired you are. Yeah. Also, can I give a shout out to Maria Bakalova, who's joined the Borat cast as Borat's daughter, and brilliant. I think she deserves an Oscar for this role. I agree with Sasha Baron Cohen on that. But she's good. She's good. People are tired of me talking. They want to hear you talking about your watch of the week. Yes, they want to hear me talk and not cock up, cock up the word as simple as and. Um, on now to what was Jacob's Binge of the Week. It's now Jacob's Watch of the Week because I thought, well, we were originally doing this every other week. Uh, we then started doing it every week. It's just me. And I thought, I can't watch a whole series every week. I can't, you know, I can't do that. I'm not Ben. And I like to finish all my series, not just watch two episodes and write a review on it. Uh, I'm very much your average was, film or TV watcher. That was some uh, shade thrown. <laughs> yeah, that was some pure shade. I'm very much your average TV and film watcher, though, as I thought Michael B. Jordan was the basketball player, Michael Jordan. He was anyway, the villain in the biggest film of, like, the last five years. Which was? Black Panther. Michael Jordan was Killmonger. So, like, he's not an unknown guy. <laughs> thing is, I know a lot of people by their, like, character names. Mm. It's just not like the actors who play them. Yeah. Well, I love the actor who plays Solomon in Lord of the Rings and Count Dooku in Star Wars. I don't know what his name is, though. Uh, Christopher Lee. That's um. him. Well, I can I don't know if it is, but I trust your judgment. But, uh... Oh, now they Jacob's Watch of the Week. Uh, this week is a film. Ben, have you watched this film? Yep, it's like my dad's favourite film. Is I'm, it? I'm not oh, going to say oh. anything about it, though. Cause, uh... Do you like it? Do you like it? Ben, you're going to have to speak. This oh, is yeah. I'm... People... Sorry, I forgot it was a podcast quickly. No. No, he doesn't. He was shaking his head. Uh, I love this film anyway. Uh, so the film is Passengers. Now, Passengers uh, was released in 2016, and it stars Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Pratt. The worst Chris. Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Pratt. Ben, do you want to not interrupt me? <laughs> it's rude, mate. It's just rude. Okay. <laughs> I'm joking, man. I'm joking. Um, hundreds of people, thousands of people, are put to... This is set in the future. Hundreds of people, thousands of people 
are put to sleep uh, on a rocket ship and they're put to sleep for 120 years as they travel to a new planet to start a new human colony. However, Chris Pratt's character wakes up early uh, after being alone on the ship for a while, because obviously everyone else is still asleep and Chris realises he's going to live the rest of his life alone on the ship because it's pretty early on on the uh, 120-year journey. Anyway, Chris decides to wake up Jennifer Lawrence's character. Now, what a surprise! The two fall in love. That's not cliche, is it? Um, And then a robot on the ship tells um, Jennifer's character that Chris woke her up and essentially ruined her whole life as now she's stuck on a spaceship for the rest of her life. Um, So that's it. I really liked it though. I've watched it before about probably 2016 actually. But I watched it again this week. Yeah, I liked it. Thought it was a good watch. Uh, I'd give it a must watch. I thought it was great. I also love Jennifer Lawrence. I love her too. So that helped. Ben, you just dissed Chris Pratt. He's he's the worst of the Chris's. I've come to the conclusion that you're just jealous of him in this in this film. Yeah, I am jealous of him in this film, but he's Is also. Is that why you don't like him? No, he's just flat out the worst of the Chris. Like he's Chris Evans, Captain America, Chris Hemsworth for Chris Pine, just lovable guy. Chris Pratt is the worst of the Chris's. It was voted on by the people of Twitter. I actually know three out of the four Chris's I actually know, so I am quite happy about that considering I don't know a lot of actors. But just because he's the worst Chris, in your opinion, doesn't make him a bad actor. Nah, Twitter voted on it as well. I think he's he's good in this film. He's also like a tad rapey in this film. But let's let's move on. He is a bit creepy, isn't he? Mm. Yeah, no, but you don't like this film. You don't like this film, but I do, and that is why it's my watch of the week. Uh, we'll do something else next week. Maybe it's a series. Maybe it's um, a film. I don't know. We'll let you know. Still to come, we have got reviews from uh, Rebecca. We're going to be reviewing that. The Queen's Gambit. Oh, that sounds good. We're going to be reviewing that for you as well. Uh, but right now, let's get on to the climb. Yeah, so it's in cinemas right now. Um, it's on to see it. I did go and see it. I went on Monday. How many people were in the cinema with you? Well, it was me and one other dude. To put it nicely. Um, I didn't speak to him at the end, but it's one of my favourite cinema trips I've had in ages. Um, it's about Kyle and Mike, who are best friends. They have a close bond. Until Mike sleeps with Kyle's fiance. Uh, <laughs> the climb follows their relationship, which is tumultuous. Throughout many years of the two men's life, it's told in six or seven chapters, and each of them have, like, laughter and heartbreak and rage. There's some real anger in it. Um, It's just, it feels human. It's profound. There's so much depth to the characters, and it pushes the boundaries in close friendships. Um, I just really liked it from start to finish. It's funny, intelligent. It's original and different. Um... There are bits in the story that are actually really sad, but I never felt it because it's so much emotion and the story just sprawls out. And yeah, it's like it brings a full lifetime in a hundred minutes, and that's so impressive. So like, did you enjoy it? Was it worth seeing on the big screen? Yeah, because um, I'm gonna ditch the notes here. Um, 
The Climb does that stuff that 1917 does with the really long takes, but they're never pretentious. You're just like, oh, it's happening. It draws you into the action. It's really funny. It looks incredible. If it was funny, were you and the other guy, were you laughing in the cinema? I was laughing out loud. Is it a bit awkward when there's only two people? Yeah. Because <laughs> I, 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 I found it's myself... An it's an experience. Yeah, and the film is really good, and it's a small indie film. And so if you want to go to save cinemas, I was in the Oakland in Southampton, then uh, go and watch The Claim. Go watch the climb. Ben, my friend, what are you giving that, mate? Well, I think I made that quite obvious. It's a must-watch. Thank you. Ben, don't get annoyed at me for asking for clarification. You didn't say it's a must-watch. And what we have done for the last 19 weeks of doing this podcast is at the end of each review, you've told me what you're giving it. So it's not so bad for me to ask you that, is it? I wasn't getting annoyed. I was just... You're really grinding on my gears today, Ben. I'm joking. I love you. Love you too, dude. <laughs> Shall we move on to... Let's move on to the Queen's Gambit. Now, this I'm getting Arrow vibes all over this. You've watched part of Arrow. You know that the... You know, a massive thing on it is uh, the boat, the Queen's Gambit. It's literally called that. Yeah. Um, Queen's Gambit on Netflix is nothing like Arrow. I mean, is it it's... better or worse? It's better. It's the only oh, that must on. watch. I'll give something that's literally about chess. The most boring thing ever invented. Um, so we start off, and it's the story in the life of Beth Harmon. The first episode focuses on her when she's a nine-year-old orphan who's quiet, uh, not very interesting, just lost her parents, and then she plays chess. And her like senses grow sharper, her thinking's clearer, she's smarter... We then jump forward till she's 16. She's competing in the US Open Champion Chess Championship. She goes on the professional circuit and she becomes a huge star of chess. It's based on the book by Walter Travis, if you've read that. Um, now, I really enjoyed this uh, series. I think it's the best thing I've watched on Netflix in a long time. Um, I've seen a few critics being a bit sniffy about the first episode. Um, it's not the best first episode I've seen but once you get into the rest of the series it is earned and it is needed and we needed to get the depth of Beth's pills addiction and that starting at the orphanage because she basically drugged her way through every single chess competition the characters are great, the acting is amazing it kept me hooked must watch thank you and yes you did make that fairly obvious mm. Ben I feel like most podcasts we get better like we start good at the beginning and slowly get worse but i feel like this week has been reversed i feel like we've got better as it's gone along yeah and i'm quite glad partly because i'm not getting basketball players and film stars confused anymore and i'm pronouncing the word and correctly but it's going all right isn't it yeah um i am glad we're on the last review because my voice is going um, it is going. Let's get on to the final review. Monte Carlo themed film. This Rebecca. Rebecca. Woo. Um, the film, I which know, is I do not know what that. Woo. 
was about, but can we please agree now to never do it again? Okay, I'll never do it again. Mine was worse than yours, though, so it was all good. Just yeah. forget that happened. The film, which is based off Daphne du Maurier's iconic gothic book and has already been adapted in the 1940s uh, Alfred Hitchcock version, which won Best Picture at the Oscars, is having another go-around. And you know how occasionally I have, like, weird coincidences with my life? Yeah? Sure. Last week when I was watching Rebecca, the 19, the 2020 version, I also, for my course, had to watch the 1940s version, like, the day oh, before. Really? So Which I, one's better? Which better? The 1940s version. It's Alfred Hitchcock. Ooh. Ben Wheatley's a good director. Anyway, for those of you who aren't familiar with the story, um, it's about a whirlwind romance in Monte Carlo as widow Maxime de Winter, played by the beautiful Arnie Hammer, and his newly married wife, uh, played by the beautiful Lily James, arrives in Mandalay at her new husband's imposing Cornish family estate. Um, naive and, like, young, Rebecca Quick, no, sorry, the young woman played by Lily James, who's only ever referred to as Mr. Winter, such as in the first film, um, finds herself in the shadow of Maxim's first wife, Rebecca, whom everyone talks about. And keeping Rebecca's le- legacy alive is the sinister housekeeper, Mrs. Danvers, played by Kirsten Scott Thomas. Um, I'm not sure why there's negativity on this film. It's a good watch. It looks beautiful. I really liked how Mr. Winter, played by Lily James, had some urgency. And actually, Miss Danvers, I thought her story and narrative arc also worked better. So um, I feel like those are the improvements it made on the Hitchcock version, which I adore. Um, I'd never seen the like version that was on the BBC with Emily Fox or Charles Dance, and I haven't seen any of the other ones. So this is the only reboot I've seen, and I liked it. It was better than I expected, and it was better than it had any right to do. The casting was excellent. The trio of Hammer, James, and Scott Thomas are all brilliant in their roles. Never missed a beat. Um, I think there's a modern things to it. It was re- the color palette of every shot was great, um, and it was looked so much better and like an update of the 1940s version if Hitchcock had access to colour technology. Um, I might even go and read the book now, because I really liked oh, it. So, ben, you didn't actually make this obvious. What are you giving this? Because it wasn't obvious. Um, well, because a lot of people really haven't took to it, I am going to give it a watch if you can. We've got no runaways this week. No runaways. Uh, ben, you've written here at the end of the notes. Uh, you obviously look like you've given up a bit. Normally, you're sometimes right out your ranking. Um... But hey, you've literally just written, Ben ranks the shit. Oh, so, do you, do you want to rank the shit? I meant to write this shit. Um, <laughs> That's so much better, wow. Yeah. Um, I Let's wrote... rank this shit, or you're going to rank this shit. So, from sixth to first, this is tough. I liked everything. So, in sixth, a good sixth. Our best sixth we've had yet on the rocks. Well, I don't think we've ever had a sixth before to be honest with you i know but it's better than all the like third so much we've got through so much on the pod this week yeah in sick and i've popped up so many times but we moved okay in sick is on the rocks 
Once again, I really liked it. You can find it on Apple TV. In fifth, The Undoing with Uncle Hugh Grant, whom I'm always going to fall in love with. Uh, I literally want to marry the dude. Um, in fourth is Rebecca. It's Who wouldn't want to watch Arnie Hammer and Lily James as a married couple with beautiful 1940s Cornish sets? Um, I forgot which number I'm on now, so I'm just going to hope it's number three. That's The Queen's Gambit. Um, brilliant from start to finish. Kept me hooked. On any other week, that would be number one, which shows how strong the other two are. In number two, in the very nice position, is Borat 2. Uh, I'm investing in my ma- uh, mask Kini because I really like the film and I really liked what it did to Rudy Giuliani. And of course, in number one, The Climb, it's one of my films of the year. It will remain that way. It's brilliant. Um, I feel like we smashed that, to be fair, mate. That was a good podcast, that. That was a good podcast. I feel like we've never sworn that much on a podcast before, which I don't know if is a good thing or a bad thing. I might have to click the explicit button. I think you are going to have to do it. Yeah. It was a few times, wasn't it? Or Spotify can get Aggie at us. Yeah, let's not do that. Thank you so, so much for listening, and we will see you next week. Goodbye. Bye.